Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, God. Chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. This is a uh, very powerful scripture, and uh, uh, let's just see what the Lord uh, has for us tonight. He says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of olive may fail, and the fields yield no fruit, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Verse 18, the prophet said, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I believe that I feel in my spirit that somebody needs to hear these words tonight that everything is not going to go good all the time in your life. Hallelujah. I cannot help many times what happens to me, but I can help how I react to it. Amen. You know something? The ship sail on top of the water. And they go anywhere they want to go on the water. But even though there's water all around them, a ship will never sink unless they let the water that's around them come in them. You hear what I'm saying? The water that's around them can't take them down until the water that's around them begins to get in it. God's telling me to tell somebody here tonight, listen, all that junk that's happening all around you cannot take you down unless you let that junk get inside you. Oh, hallelujah. I feel that. I almost Father, right now, Oh, God, right now, Lord. I'm asking you, God, to speak to us tonight, Lord. I feel strongly in my spirit that somebody, Lord, needs to be encouraged tonight, Lord. Somebody needs to be encouraged and lift up tonight. Speak to us from your word, because your word is life. And we thank you for it, Father, in the blessed, mighty name of Jesus. Let the church say, praise God, you can be seated. I want to talk to you briefly tonight, and it's not quite yet 7 o'clock, just a few minutes before 7, and I will try to let you out a few minutes before 11. Hallelujah. I just seen if you was listening. Hallelujah. Uh, hallelujah. <laughs> I want to I speak on a subject title tonight, Making Christ the Source of Your Joy. Making Christ the Source of Your Joy. Now, if you would just give me a few minutes, I promise you that God has given me a word 
tonight that's going to help somebody in this building. I hope and pray it'll help us all. When you look around at all the achievements of modern man, it is very obvious that this generation is blessed by prosperity more than any previous generation. Amen. The people of this generation is blessed more than any other generation. In the 60s and most of the 70s, most homes in America only had one television set. I remember that well. Amen. Hallelujah. Didn't nobody have two TVs. I mean, a lot of folks in the 60s still didn't even have one. Amen. Most during the 60s and well, most of the 70s were only one television set, and that was black and white. Now we have them even in the kitchen and bathrooms. Because some of y'all people can't even fin uh, get away from a soap opera long enough to watch, uh, go to the bathroom. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't think they call them sulfur. I just must see these young ones have got, i got to explain what that means. Hallelujah. Amen. But they're in every room. Uh, when you picked up the telephone when I was a kid and you wanted to call somebody, you had to first listen and make sure nobody was talking on there before you dialed the number. Because they had what you call back then party lines. Amen. You had anybody else around on that line could eavesdrop on your conversation. Hallelujah. Everybody, everybody hacking into cell phones today and listening, getting stuff. Hey, that ain't nothing new. People have been hacking in different kind of ways for a long time. Hallelujah. Amen. But that's how it was back then. You know, you had you had to. Uh, Listen, I remember my mama just raising Cain, telling my daddy, when is that old woman ever going to shut her mouth so I can make a phone call? Well, somebody else was on the line somewhere else. You couldn't call until they hung up. That's what we dealt with back then. Amen. Uh, all those party lines. Hallelujah. But now, I don't, care, I don't care if there's 15 people living in the household. Everybody's got their own phone. Amen. I'm, what I'm saying is this generation is blessed with things more than any other generation that ever has been. Hallelujah. Amen. A few days ago, I was looking around, walking around the, the showroom of a local uh, dealership. Uh, I was, well, it, was before, it was before the youth uh, uh, camp down in Hot Springs, and I had taken uh, uh, the church van up to the Ford dealership in Springfield to have some work done unto it, which I got to go back and have a little talk with them, uh, because they're the cause of that problem that Brother Wayne and them had going down. They didn't tighten everything up when they, they took it, taken off, but anyway, that's neither here nor there, I guess, but I, I was walking around in that showroom. Uh, and uh, I seen uh, a new 2016 pretty black pickup truck. You know what that sticker price was on that joker? $64,000. 
for a pickup truck. For a pickup truck, $64,000. I guess somebody in this world got money. I don't. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know what? When I was standing there looking at that, that sticker price on that door, $64,000, Sister Mary, I can remember the first house my daddy was ever able to buy. And you know what? It was less than $15,000. Less than $15,000 for a home sitting on two and a half acres. Wow. Wow. Things has changed, hasn't it? <laughs> but the point I am trying to make in saying all this is laying a groundwork on foundation for this message. The point that I'm trying to make is see, we have got more today than what we have ever had. Hallelujah. And I don't care, I don't think nobody here considers ourselves to be rich or nothing like that, but whether or not you consider yourself to be rich or not, you're going to have to admit you've got more right now than what you have ever had. Hallelujah. I mean, we all got more than what we have ever had. But, everybody say but. There is more sadness, depression, and overall lack of joy, peace, and happiness than there ever has been. What a contrast. What a contrast. To think about what we all have. Amen. Amen. And what, what we're able to do today, you would think everybody would be happy. There would not be no depression. There would not be no anxiety or anything, uh, anything like this. Amen. But it is, it is opposite. It is more than what we've ever seen. So I have to ask the question, what's up with that? What is up with that? Why all the gloom and doom and misery that people are battling today? Why all of these things that seems to keep us up against the wall and keep us in a miserable state? Why is that? I believe the answer is simple, folks. During the times of increase and blessings in this nation, what many of people have done is they've allowed the blessings to become the center of their lives and they let those blessings replace Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, the more things that we have and the more things that we're able to do, we find ourselves, if I'm able to get a new car, I'm, I, I make that car the center of my joy. And if I make that car the center of my joy and somebody comes along and totals it out or somebody comes and, uh, and, 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 and steals it and takes it away, what happens to my joy? My joy is total too. And it's because that I put my joy in the wrong place. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. Come on, I put my joy in the wrong place, in the wrong source. We have equated happiness with being blessed. We equate, equate happiness with having increase and abundance. Come on, somebody. 
there are many who make people the source of their happiness. Come on. Hallelujah. Husbands, wives, children, best friends. A lot of people begin to focus on things and on people rather than on Jesus. Hallelujah. And when something happens, and I guarantee you in this world that we live, somewhere along the line, something's going to happen. Hallelujah. Amen. And if we got our source of our happiness and our peace into anything else other than Jesus, it's going to blow us away. What all is said and done, if you can't be like the prophet uh, Habakkuk and allow Christ to be the source of your joy, the source of your peace and happiness, you are headed for a big letdown. Remember what he said. He said, though the fig tree may not blossom. I love figs. They, they, I mean, that was, that was a delicacy back in the Middle East back in his day. He said, but though the fig tree don't blossom, no fruit on the vines, though the labor of olive may fail and the fields have no food, though the flocks is cut off. In other words, he says, if everything goes wrong, that can go wrong. Somebody needs to listen to me tonight. Though everything happens, amen, that can happen, that is bad. Hallelujah. Habakkuk said, yet I still rejoice in the Lord. Glory to God, I will joy in the God of my salvation. Why could he say that? Because the source of his joy wasn't in the fig tree. Come on, somebody. The source of his joy wasn't in the crops out there. Hallelujah. The source of his joy was Jesus. And when he had nothing else, he still had Jesus. And that made him still have joy. Give Jesus a hand. Glory to God. I fully believe tonight. And you better take this down because the closer we get to the end time, all of these blessings that America has had, I don't know if you've noticed yet or not, but God is slowly cutting the faucet off. Come on. It's being cut off, folks, because every nation that forgets God and this country has forgotten God. Hallelujah. The source of our abundance in the past is not going to be there in the future. You had better have Jesus to be the source of your happiness. Hallelujah. The source of your joy. Because if you do that, no matter what comes, you're going to have joy. Oh, hallelujah. You're going to be able to rejoice. You're going to be able to give him glory. You're going to, like uh, the prophet, you're going to be able to rejoice in the God of your salvation. Let me talk about that just a minute. Rejoicing in the Lord. He said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Stop and think about this. How many people have given up because of something people has done or haven't done? Hallelujah. I know, my Lord, scores of people that's out of church right now and been out of church a long time, and you couldn't, 
amen, light a bomb out, of, uh, out from under and get them to go to the house of God. And the excuse you get, I was let down by people or I was hurt by this one. I was hurt by that one. Let me tell you something, and I'm telling you this tonight out of compassion, and I'm telling you this out of, out of love. If you quit church because of man, then it only proves one thing. Your faith was in man and not in God. Come on. You don't put your faith in man. You don't put your faith, amen, totally in the pastor or preacher because guess what? I'm called by God, but I'm still human. Do you hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And there's a lot of people, amen, are not serving God. I mean, because of people has let them down. Amen. You need to wake up. Amen. As long as you're around people, you're going to always be let down one way or the other. But the key is that your faith is in Jesus and not in man, then you're not going to lose your faith. You're going to keep your joy. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on. In the book of Psalms, chapter 9, the first and second verse, listen to what he says. King David says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice because I'm king. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad because that nice chariot I got sitting out there that's lined with gold. No. He said, I rejoice in thee. And King David knew what it meant to be betrayed by people. He had sons, Absalom for one, amen, that turned against him and tried, amen, to overthrow him to put himself in the place of his daddy. He ran around behind David's back trying to give counsel to, to the king's subject and try uh, uh, to, uh, 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 to talk to talk to him instead of the king was the one they should have been talking to. Absalom, amen, was trying, amen, to undermine the situation. Amen. So David, brother Wayne, knew what it was like to have even family come against him. But did that hamper his joy and rejoicing in God? No. He said, I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. Oh, glory to God. I love that right there. Pick up on that. Learn from that. This is the simple truth. If you are truly thankful, that, and here's the key about rejoicing in the Lord. This is how you rejoice in the Lord. And this makes me happy. I mean, when you, when you let your mind think about circumstances and think about things, you're going to get down. Amen. You're going you're gonna to get down to the dumps sometimes. And 
Sometimes I allow my mind to think about certain things or whatever, and it will begin to get me down. But there's one little course that if I, I can never pull it up from down deep inside, and I'll begin to hum it at first because maybe sometimes I'm feeling too low to be able to let words come out of my mouth, so I'll just hum it. And I'll start humming. I'll get through it and start humming it again. By that second time, I'm getting the words coming out. Sister Lynn, I start thinking, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul, it can't help but cry out. Hallelujah. Praise God for saving me. If I lose my home, if I lose my car, if I lose a job, I don't care if I'm sick in my body. Hallelujah. Amen. I still don't have to lose my joy as long as I don't have the source of my joy in those things I mentioned. Listen, here's the simple truth. If you are truly thankful that your sins has been washed in the blood and your name is on the roll in heaven, then having that knowledge alone, wow. I can shout. Things can be coming against me on the left and on the right. Hallelujah. And the devil hot on my trail. But what I think about the goodness of Jesus, what he's done for me, he saved me, filled me with the Holy Ghost. My sins are covered by the blood. And I look at the devil, I say, devil, you, you can do me like Job, and you can take everything I got, but you can't take my name off that book. It can't come off. I got joy when I think about what he's done for me. You get ready to sing that song in a few minutes. Stop and think about it. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Ain't that better than all the gold in Fort Knox? Glory to God. My Lord. Warren Buffett can't can't purchase what you got. Donald Trump can't begin to write the check to pay for what God has given you, sis. Hallelujah. What does all this old temporal stuff matter when you got that knowledge and you know that you know that you know you're a child of the king and hell can't change that? Oh, I get joy when I think about that. I get joy, joy, joy. Just having that knowledge will bring joy to you. You will joy in the God of your salvation.
Hallelujah. Don't get me wrong. God blesses us with a lot of things. <clears throat> but we do not focus our life around things. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Bobby says, I finally got converted after all these years and become a Ford man when I drove that Ford on the lot today. But I guarantee you the source of my happiness is not in that Ford. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Somebody hot wires that thing and steals it while I'm asleep tonight. I find out two things I'm going to do. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to say, God, I praise you now. Second thing I'm going to do is call my insurance company and say, write my check. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going car shopping tomorrow. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Don't let this junk around here get in you. The same Water that lifts us up the ship is the same water that will drown the ship if the ship ever lets the water get in it. Do you hear me tonight? Hallelujah. Don't let this junk of this world get in you, amen, and sink you because it will carry you down. It will take you straight to the bottom, honey. Hallelujah. Keep the junk of the world out. Hallelujah. Let Jesus be your source. Hallelujah. Amen. Let him be the source of your joy. The second point I want to talk about, and then I'm going to close. I'm going to talk about some gain. Amen. But I'm going to talk about the gain of contentment. A lot of people spend their whole life concerned and worried about what they're going to be able to gain, what they're going to be able to accumulate, what they're going to be able to uh, build up. Hallelujah. There's a lot of people right now that shake, I know they're shaking in their boots, worried about that 401K and what's going to happen if that stock market begins to call, fall down, and I promise you it's going to fall again, it ain't going to stay nowhere near where it's at right now. Well, I, I'm, con, I'm concerned about gain, and the Bible's concerned about gain, but not in ways that the world can understand, not in ways that the system of the world can understand. I want to talk about the gain of contentment. Talk about having peace and happiness and joy. Man, there's nothing in this world like living a contented life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's nothing like living the contented life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My Lord, you know what? 
I'm just as contented and happy right now going home and driving back to Cheatham County and sliding open that back door on that deck and walking, walking in uh, in that uh, uh, modular home and when it's bedtime, lay down and go to sleep after I pray, amen, and go to sleep and be just as content as if I drove home tonight and walked up the staircase of that beautiful uh, mansion there called the Biltmore. Hallelujah. Oh, no, you can't mean that, brother. That's right. Because if I had that, I couldn't go to sleep at night worrying who else was in there trying to get it. Hallelujah. You know what? A lot of rich rich, rich folks stay up all night afraid somebody's going to come in and bust in on them. Hallelujah. <laughs> and somebody busts in on me trying to steal what I got. All I got to do is pull a goma pile on them. Surprise! Ain't nothing here. Hallelujah. <laughs> you should have went down the road a couple of blocks. Glory to God. The gate of contentment. First Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 and 8. But godliness. Don't be scared of that word. But godliness with what? Contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. <coughs> For years I used to preach and say I never saw a black hearse driving down the road carrying a U-Haul trailer. But ever since the invention of Facebook, I can't say that no more because I clicked on there one day and I seen this black horse, hearse horse, <laughs> hallelujah, had a U-Haul trailer attached to it. But you know what? <laughs> They're not going to take it beyond that grave, I guarantee you. I even read a story where a guy loved his Cadillac so much he was buried in it. Had it prearranged and had a hole big enough dug put that thing in the ground and he was buried with it. Hallelujah. <laughs> My, if people could be that in love with Jesus. If we could be that excited about Jesus. Glory to God. I just hope and pray that guy was ready to meet the Lord because him sitting in that Cadillac when he gets to hell, he's going to have the biggest set of Hot Wheels you ever seen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Folks, we got to learn to be content. And the reason why I say that, that's what the Apostle Paul said at another place. Paul said, I have learned that whatever state I'm in, they're to be content. Now, when he said learnt, that, that showed me, that showed me that he, it, he had to work on that for a while. It was a process to him. Come on. Amen. It was a process. 
But he got to the point and place. He finally got where Jesus was the source of his joy. He said, I can be hungry and I can be full. I can have clothes and I can be naked. Whatever the case may be, I've learned that whatever state I'm in, to be content. That is the only way that a person can have true joy and happiness in this life, folks. Hallelujah. If you can't, and I'm fixing to wind down, if you can't be content with what you have been blessed with, then there's no gratefulness in your life. I'm not saying that with a mean-spirited attitude, but if you cannot be content with what you've got right now, then that shows that, that there's no gratefulness. You, you, you truly don't have gratefulness in your life. Now, I don't mean, now don't get me wrong, I don't mean you shouldn't have a desire to improve yourself or your circumstances. Hallelujah. And the Bible does not teach that. It's something wrong for you to have a de desire to improve yourself. Amen. There's something wrong with that. As long as you don't make that the center of your life, you don't make it the source. Listen, I can remember taking on, taking on a job one time working many years ago when um, uh, 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 kids were small and, and, and I'd been out of work for months upon months. Matter of fact, didn't have a job when Jennifer was born. And then when she was born uh, the way she was, and she's still that way, but when she was born, hallelujah, premature, three pounds, three ounces, and they sent her straight to Vanderbilt, and she was in the, uh, the children's intensive care from November to January of the next year. I didn't have, we didn't have a penny insurance. And I, I, w I was unemployed. And it was a period of time back in those days in the 70s. You know, you remember back then there was a time that there was long lines, people getting gas. They cut the lights off on the interstates and everywhere they had that energy shortage and everything was going on. And all that stuff was, uh, stuff was happening. And uh, the Lord finally blessed me with the job. And, of course, I got the lowest job on the line and uh, making the lowest pay. And uh, I worked and I was happy thanking the Lord. But uh, as I was doing the job I was doing, I was looking at other people's job up the line. And I said, Lord, ain't no need of me being down here. When I, I said, I'm not no brilliant man, but I know I got no sense to do that. I said, Lord, you help me get there. And the Lord helped me. I went one step at a time. I remember one day I was, I was doing this job, and it got to the point in place it was monotonous. I felt like I wasn't, I felt, felt, I felt like I wasn't being, being used in what I was able to do. And I looked, at that time, I looked over all the rest of the jobs on the line to the top, paying job. I says, Lord, I know I can do that job. And you know what? Hallelujah. As God has done many times in my life, in less than a year, I went from the lowest scale to the highest scale. 
and I did it because I had the favor of God and I wanted to improve myself because if I improve myself, I can improve my family. So what I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong for you having a desire to improve your life. But do not, whatever you're blessed with, don't make it the focal point and the source for your joy. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. Because even a blessing can turn to a disaster at some point in your life. Come on, somebody. We got to keep Jesus the center of our joy. So I don't mean you shouldn't have a desire to improve yourself or your circumstances. What I'm saying is, is that, hallelujah, if that raise never comes through, come on, somebody. You're still going to go, going about to shout and rejoice and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If that healing that you want never happens, you're still going to shout, rejoice, and praise the Lord. If everything around you falls apart like it did Job, you're still going to come in here and you're going to shout and worship and praise the Lord. In fact, there is nothing that magnifies and glorifies your God more. It's when, if you walk through those doors right there and step inside this place, you just walked out of hell. No matter what what it was, what the circumstance, if you've just been going through hell. And if anybody didn't have a right, you say, well, you know, nothing's gone right. I've been, I've been going through hell and everything, but nothing glorifies God more, amen, than you just show the devil. I've stepped in these doors out of hell and it don't matter what is happening and I might be walking right back into it when I leave here but while I'm here I'm going to lift my hands. While I'm here I'm going to say Jesus I love you. I'm going to praise you anyhow. You're really showing God that he's a source. You're showing God that he's number one and I promise you when you show God that he's going to say I can't leave my daughter where she's at she going through hell but yet she's still praising me he's having everything fall apart but he's still running it up 